Hi, and welcome to Rich in Relationship. And today we've got Carrie Schultz from Men's, Mr. Men's Rights back. Hey, Carrie, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, Rich, for having me again. Such a pleasure. And Carrie, as some of you may recall, is an attorney who helps men with the divorce process. And today we're going to talk about, well, it doesn't have to be just men, but since Carrie works primarily with men, we're going to talk about parental alienation. And Carrie's got that like direct experience of what what people go through when they when they're having that that thing going on that parental alienation thing. So tell us, Carrie, like, what's the how do you first know that a, a client is experiencing parental alienation? Well, you know, it really it really boils down to having us active listen to what the client is saying, because sometimes it's not so in your face alienation and you start to hear these little subtleties that are happening in the marriage or in the party's relationship and you start to hear themes such as you know she or he depending on you know what side is happening is not letting me see my child he or she is controlling when where who why how mm. um he or she is saying things like if you don't do X, you won't ever see your kids. Ah. Um, and those are like trigger signals for us as lawyers. Um, I mean, look, I'm no psychologist. I just have boots to the ground experience. So when we start to hear those signals, our ears as attorneys perk up and we then can go ask more questions and start to really dig deep into you know, are there planting seeds of alienation here? Is this where we're headed or has it already happened, unfortunately? Um, and we really wanna get clear on what's happening. You know, there's a big difference. People throw a, around the term alienation a lot. They use it loosely or they use it as a term of art, not a term of silent science. Yeah. The court system uses it as a term of science. Mm -hmm. So, um, with our clients, we use it as a term of art, but we really, as then the lawyer brain comes back, right? And we need to say to the client, all right, is this, is this alienation or the start of alienation as a science, or are we in the realm of parental interference? Mm -hmm. Now, let me just say this, neither are good, obviously. Both of those scenarios need to be dealt with and addressed urgently. But I do like to categorize the difference because there is a difference if you were to make your way to the courthouse. Super important distinction. Thank you so much. And so for those of you who are listening, this is kind of like when you think you, you have a pain somewhere and you Google it and you think, oh my God, I've got cancer. So you might be hearing some things here that you, you think are going on in your divorce or your relationship even. Uh, and think, oh my God, this is the beginning of alienation. But just so you know, to some extent, uh, let's throw out the word alienation. Uh, a parent pitting themselves and their child against another parent is actually pretty common. So really what we're talking about is a scale. And on one end, as Carrie pointed out, you've got you know legal parental alienation. And then on the other end, you've got perfect parenting, perfect equal parenting, which is probably almost never happens. 
And mm -hmm. it may be that both parents, to some extent, especially in a divorce scenario, might be saying things to the children that present as alienation. Because let's face it, when we're getting divorced, we're triggered and we're pissed off and we say things that we regret. And often we say things we regret to our children. So as you listen, don't think, oh my God, I've got parental alienation, but definitely listen. If it feels like it's coming alive for you, or if you know someone who's got this going on, it's worth talking about. Hey, Carrie, I'm curious, how does this, uh, I know that you're very passionate about your work. I like, I know that you're, you're, it's not just about, you're not just creating a money machine that you really care about what you're doing. How does this parental, I'm going to call it alienation for the sake of this episode. How does the alienation resonate with you? Bring your heart out, bring your passion forward. It's, you know, every attorney has uh, what we call a soft spot or, and I, I mean that like the, those cases that just get to your core, um, you know, there's a lot of other things that we can be desensitized to at being in this industry for so long, you know, 20 plus years of experience, but these kinds of cases hit, they just hit right home. Um, mm -hmm. And because at the end of the day, you're, you're watching this impact on these children that are defenseless and helpless and you know you know at that moment in time as an attorney that you can do something you can at least do your best to do something to try to reverse the course of this child's entire future entire life and that is very powerful and we you know we i i should just speak for myself i take it extremely seriously so um you know, yes, I, I run a law firm. Yes, I'm a lawyer. Yes, I have a business. These are the cases, you know, I mean, this is just what we live for, those kinds of cases. Are they easy? No, obviously, they are super hard. Mm. They are complicated. They are emotional. Yes, they can get expensive because there's all this legal maneuvering that we have to do. Is it worth it? A hundred percent. And I always tell my clients, I'll give some free legal advice today. I always like to throw and pepper that in. You know, if you're going to put money towards legal counsel, we know that people don't have endless streams of money, right? Especially nowadays. Most people. Most people. Most people don't. Um, but if you're going to put money at anything, this is the area you put it at, right? This is where you, you put your money into because this will have long-term positive or negative implications if you don't invest in it now you're talking about children children yeah. children stopping this preventing it getting ahead of it if it's already happened reversing course right um this is where your your focus should be if you start to if, if this is going on yeah no i i get that completely i mean i do the work that i do because in my childhood, both my brother and I were basically weaponized by both of our parents. Uh, in, in a, and I would say they were attempting to sort of have us pick and choose a side. And that was my brother, well, we'll spare him from this conversation. <laughs> but, but, you know, needless to say that the, the, that experience, the pain of that experience really is why I like help people, help couples work with people getting divorced so that the children are not on the side and not in the middle, but in the front, the way you're talking about. So I agree with you a hundred percent, totally worth investing in. Yeah. So and, and, and also, I mean, the ideal scenario, the children, you know, from the psychologist, from what, what I understand, the children need the best of both parents. They need that equilibrium. They need that balance. 
And when one parent is pitting a child against the other, or one parent is acting out their emotional scars through the use of the child, that doesn't benefit the child. Um, and, and that's where it becomes not good for anyone. And then of course the other parent gets pissed off and, and everyone is just at odds. And the whole family dynamic is topsy-turvy and unsettled. Yeah, and that a, can't sustain itself for long. It's actually a disaster for the child. Even if you believe the person you're divorcing is evil, Correct. Uh, turning your child against that person even if you truly believe it's for their own good, it isn't for their own good. You know, the studies show that children in this position are far more likely to have adverse after effects when the divorce is over. And even the most twisted parent, a child needs to have some kind of relationship with them so they know where they came from and they've gotten some strengths from that person. Uh, and th the whole process of figuring out how to have a relationship with that person is a, that's a whole nother episode. We'll do, we'll do that. Yeah. And there's time. been, and there's been, I just recently saw a study too, they did this whole big thing about um, particularly children who didn't have fathers in their lives, who, who didn't maintain that contact with the fathers and where they became later on in life. And it was quite disturbing, number one, but interesting as well. The statistics are actually stunning on that. Uh, children who grow up without a father are more likely to end up dropping out of school, becoming incarcerated, uh, becoming addicts and alcoholics. I mean, it's it's actually stunning. Yeah. No matter how good or bad their father was, not having that presence in their life was really impactful. And oh, I, so I, I was estranged from my father, and um, the short story is on my website. I just decided at some point to, to maneuver that into something good and channel that into something good. There you go. So you've got these people come in and you're picking up these tidbits that that might be going on. What's next? What's next is opening a very uncomfortable conversation with the other parent or their attorney um, and bringing it all to the surface so that we can figure out what the genesis, because it's usually, the, the, the alienation or the interference is usually a symptom of some other disease, but they nobody has really pinpointed what that disease actually is because I want to treat the disease and then we can treat the symptoms. Because um, if you just treat the symptoms, the, the, it never, the disease never goes away and then you're just going to have a repeat cycle. Mm -hmm. So we need to open, bring this all up to the surface and someone like you, we would obviously bring in to, to help us to the extent, extent possible, right? Because we're not therapists or anything or coaches or anything like that. But we want to bring the conversation up, understand the genesis of what's happening and, and then figure out legally what we can do to cut it off, cut it off, turn it around, prevent it from happening even further into the future. Um, and, and just figure out a plan moving forward. And, you know, I'm thinking about, I have a client right now who his divorce ended four years ago and he's going back to court because they didn't confront this issue when they were getting divorced. And he still, ex he still ex has this problem going on with his ex-wife. I, I mean, I'm, I'd like to call her his co-parent but they're not really parenting together so that you know, if you feel like this is happening and you're not addressing it, you're thinking, oh, the divorce is gonna be over and I'll be done with this. Make no mistake, if you have children together, whatever the problems you are you having now are problems that you're gonna have in the future. So it's like, face it now, 
or face it in the future. Yeah, and it's usually 10 times harder to face it in the future because more time has passed, the, the situation has gotten worse, usually, I mean, usually, um, and everyone's just embedded in their new normal, right? Like it, at some point it may actually become normalized, which could be the worst thing that could ever happen. So we, you know, addressing it early and in, in due course is important. And I do see this, my clients always say, I don't wanna make waves. I just wanna finish the divorce. I just wanna move on. Yeah, but you got this pink elephant in the room that you're not dealing with and it's go. It's never gonna get better. I say hope, hope is not a plan. People hear that from me all the time. Hope is not a plan. Let's not hope it just disappears and hope it just goes away and hope that everyone becomes, you know, good co-parents down the road. Obviously, you know, there's exceptions to every rule, but deal with it now. Like, and that's why that's when people like you, people like me, professionals come in to say, look, we get it. It's emotional. It's scary. You don't know how to maneuver this. We do. We have experience in this. Let us guide you along. Fantastic. Okay, so the statistics show that parental alienation actually, they're starting to believe happens pretty evenly. It used to be, oh, it's the men being alienated by the women. And maybe because there's, you know, uh, there's more social equality between men and women and both, you know, both parties tend to be working now. Maybe that's what's evening it out. We don't really know. But let's just take for a second, um, what happens with men? Because it seems like, a lot of the men that I work with have this kind of experience where not only do they feel like their children are being taken away from them, but all of a sudden in the divorce process, none of their marital friends are available to them anymore for some reason. What's your first suggestion on how to handle that? It's a great question. Um, I think, again, I think it's having a conversation. You know, you want to be careful about what conversation you're going to have, but sit sit your spouse down, sit the other parent down and say, what is going on here? Why? Why are we doing this? What is the intended, the intended result? What is behind? What is the motive? Right? What is the motive behind us, us or you doing this? You hate me that much? I get it. You hate me. Great. But can, can we at least pinky swear or agree that we don't want to like completely ruin our children and, and keep whatever it is that's going on between us, between us and leave our children out of it. I mean, all you can do is try to have that open and honest and humble conversation. If, if you both are going into a conversation, guns blazing, you bet your bottom dollar, it's never going to be productive. And then you're just going to both put yourself more in a tailspin. But something that you said, uh, Ring, you know, alerted me to something. You said, you know, that the men feel that their children are going to be taken away from them. And yes, that is 100% accurate. But I like to also investigate whether this is about the wife being scared or the mother being scared. So she's holding on to what she mm -hmm. knows. And the unintended consequence is that it's, it's the child's being taken away from the father. Well, the child might even be might not even be taken away from the father. The father might just feel like that, right? And let's, let's so let's face it. Here's the other thing that dads, the, the disadvantage that dads have here is is that I mean, if we're going to talk broad generalities, right? Sure. Let's say that every let me be really PC about this. <laughs> Everybody has a male and a female side, right? Psychology recognizes say that we all have our own internal male and female side. Probably we took on you know the male and female qualities of our own parents, whatever mm -hmm. that looked like. 
Um, but men tend to lean towards the male masculine side and women generally, not completely, not always tend to lean towards the female side. So let's just say that we're talking about men who are more, into, this is a long cover my ass speech I'm giving you. <laughs> let's say that, that we have a, you know, men who are in, really in touch with their masculine side. What that's gonna mean is they tend to be more goal oriented and less relational. And so the, you know, they've been working with their kids about how's it going in school? How can I help you get that grade, you know, uh, Susie? Um, how can I help you, you know, hit that home run? Emma, whatever, you know, like whoever they're dealing with there, but they've totally blown the relational thing. Like, you know, how are you doing today? What was the mm -hmm. best experience you had? Mm -hmm. Who's your best friend? What really, what do you like about them? Like they've totally missed that. Then the separation happens and they're removed from that process. And the children need, they need at that point to be more relational. So they naturally turn to the parent who's more relational. Let's say in this case, it's the mom who's more in touch with her feminine side. So a lot of men are at a disadvantage right from the get-go just because of like this aspect of men and women, which still seems to be mostly true, even though we have a lot more genders than I ever knew there were when I was a kid. Yeah, I 100% I agree with that. And, um, you know, I was just on a radio show uh, this week, which will, you know, come out in a couple of weeks. But uh, we were talking about how the conversation back to the conversation of what can you do like this is all well and good, but how do I get ahead of this, how do I get in front of this. And part of it that we were talking about was have the, the way that you have a conversation the you know, again, stereotypically, the men want to go in and just say, how do we fix this? Fix, 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 fix. Result, 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 result. Yep. And the women are more like, you know, the feelings and let me tell you, let me air my grievances. And, and there's just a complete like mismatch there. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult waters to tread. Very difficult. So men, if you're finding yourself in this position where you're feeling disconnected, you know what, a divorcing man who meets the description I just gave might feel disconnected anyway, right? Even if the, even if there's nothing going on with the mom trying to take the kids away, he might naturally feel alienated from the children anyway, because that kind of guy, I know because I was that kind of guy at one point, is like their whole way of relating to their children has been disturbed, basically. Correct. You know, the, the solution for you is to find ways to become more relatable. That might be joining a group. It might be getting in therapy, or it might just be going and having lunch with your kid and pretending your mom, whatever, you know, whatever, like just pretend that you're, you're a mom. It's just it's like, just try and get in touch because you have that capacity to be relational. It's just and, about exploring it and reaching out. Yeah. And I, and I hear you and I agree. I mean, the, you know, it's, we always say it's not about the quantity of time you have with your children. It's what you're doing in that time, the quality of the time. Some of the, my best memories before my father and I got estranged was going to the toy store and running up and down the aisles. I mean, just something so simple, right? Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, when you're in this sort of new dynamic with your spouse or your the other parent, you, you gotta, gotta get creative and do, do something different than what you were doing if, if you're getting a sense or having those feelings of being disconnected. Yeah, and on the other side, if, if the other parent is actually poisoning the water or maybe even trying to take the kids away from you, you know, clearly you wanna to talk to your attorney about it because you wanna find out, is this 
is this the legal definition of alienation? And is there something that the court can help me with? Uh, you probably, again, want to do some personal work of some kind to find out, you know, the worst thing that you can do when you're feeling like your kids are being taken away is to react in anger because that's then you just start doing what the other person is doing or that anger drives away your children. So it's finding out how to manage those triggers and how to show up in a way that's caring and supportive of your children. Like the best thing you can do is maintain a supportive and caring environment so that when they come to you, they know it's safe. And, and without, without talking about the other parent, without asking them what's going on over there, without even commenting on the other parent. Like if the other parent is sitting there poisoning the water, poisoning the water, you don't want to be doing the same thing. You want to be the difference maker. So Carrie, you wanted to jump in on that. Yeah, sorry, just real quick, because I just had a case and we have many of these. To your point, you, I'm going to take it from the legal angle now. Mm -hmm. You're right. If you react emotionally, you have a parent or a spouse baiting you you're never gonna see the kid. If you don't give me this amount of money, you're never gonna see the kid. And if you fall into that trap and start saying things emotionally, I know this is easier said than done. Here's where it plays out. That other parent may get a restraining order off of you saying that you're now harassing them or you got up in her face or you know, you, you went to leave the room in a haste and you brushed your elbow across, you know, across her arm and then everything goes sideways, right? And now we have a restraining order. And now there's a whole nother legal process that you have to deal with and a whole nother layer of cost that you have to deal with. So I think it's wise not to react in those situations. Uh, remove yourself calmly, take some time, cool down um, and, and seek, seek professional guidance. And it is uh, because historically men are bigger and have been more abusive, it is amazingly easy to find yourself in the position of having a restraining order. The courts look very, uh, what's the word? They look poorly on the idea that a man might be threatening or hurting a woman in a divorce situation. And they don't need a lot of impetus to give that restraining order out. So it's, I can't tell you how many guys I've worked with who said, I didn't do anything. You know, and I have a restraining order, but she said that I, she, I, she was scared of me and that I, that I threw something and I, you know, I didn't do that. But she, nevertheless, they find themselves with a restraining order against them. So yeah. It, and if you if you don't handle that appropriately, that could impact your request to have equal time or custody or whatever it is that otherwise is going on. It, it just sideswiped it. And, and it's it's really um, they really interplay together. And as unfair as that sounds, just get that there are men out there who do really wicked stuff to women. And there's a reason why it's that easy. And there's women that do super wicked stuff to men. And I'm going to, because we're on a, a public platform here. I mean, if you find yourself in a position where I don't care if you're two inches tall or, you know, eight, you know, whatever, really tall. If you find yourself in that position where you're uh, being harassed, stalked, abused physically, you know, you have resources. The, the law applies to everybody. Go go call the police, you know, go get a restraining order and then then call an attorney of your choosing. I had a client who told me that his wife was beating him. And I gotta tell you that I sort of went, oh really? Like I had a guy moment there. Then he showed me the video. Yeah. He showed me this video that he took while holding his child where she is just wailing on him, screaming yep. at him and wailing on him. He's trying to protect this baby. And then I was like, oh, my God. Oh yeah. Happens, happens more frequently than anyone might think. 
Um, and you got to, you know, everyone's got to protect themselves. Well, we are at the we are at the end of the treadmill, Mark, <laughs> or the end of the drive, Mark. And I, let me ask you, what is the legacy you'd like to leave behind in regard to this topic? How about that? Oh, there you go. You always ask me such great questions at the end. Um, I think the legacy that I'd like to leave is that I I gave I cared enough to actually make a difference. I did make a difference. Um, I know all the lawyers say that, but you know, again, coming from my own personal story, I want to change the course of a child's life. I at least let me let me even backtrack on that a little bit. I at least want to be involved, one of the many people that changed this child, the, the course, the trajectory of this the ch children's life life. That's awesome. All right. Well, hopefully we can do this again sometime soon. Absolutely. And thank you so much. It's always great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.